Good morning, good morning, St. Paul. This is your unbougie foodie, Wesley Wright. Once again, joining you, and you're joining me on a wonderful, glorious Saturday morning. I want to thank you all, as always, for joining me. I have a special guest and host. As you know, for the past few weeks, I've had some really great hosts, but you know, this one, he's a special friend. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Um, his name is Brad Betger. Brad, say hello if you would. What's going on, St. Paul? How's it going? <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Um, I think I need what I need to do is, uh, you know, I, I joked about this on Facebook a little bit, you know, being the captain of right. uh, charcuterie yeah. and baron of beef. <laughs> All right. I'm like, uh, it's true, though. I'm like, dude, OK, you're the only other person that I know that could have this amazing spread of food i mean i know i have other friends that do some serious cooking as well but uh, yeah when are (laughs) you going to open up some type of restaurant i mean aside from (laughs) he has a secular job and we're going to talk about finding out all about him and everything in a minute but right now at this point Please tell us a little bit more about yourself, and I know I've given you such an introduction. I know I, I don't know how to follow that introduction up. That's uh, that's quite the intro. Yeah. Um, look, man, I I don't know how to explain myself with that spread of food, but if you love food as much as I do, you feel like you have to share it with the world, and I guess that's where I come from. Well, hey, well, thanks so much for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanna. What exactly? How did you get involved in food? I, that's like a very open-ended question i think i've asked all my guests about that but you seem to have even a more extensive uh enjoyment of preparing food and so forth where did that come from well so i grew up with an italian grandmother and my mother being half italian okay so i grew up around some really really good home cooks um with some really really solid you know old world recipes and um any food that's worth eating is prepared well. And in order to prepare food well, you have to have good technique, right? Right. So whether whether or not they were trained or not, my grandmother and my mother, they had great technique when preparing food. And, of course, I got to see that as they cooked in the kitchen. And we would we would have family meals twice a week, three times a week. That's I lived cool. right across the street from the grandparents. So wow. pretty much every day there was something going on. You know, you playing outside as a kid, go across the street, get lunch from grandma. Exactly. She'd whip something together, <laughs> meatball sandwiches or whatever. So um, so I grew up watching some really good cooks and just learning a lot about how to put a meal together right. rather than being so focused on one recipe for one dish. How are you going to prepare a meal for Entire. everyone to eat? Understood. Yeah. So that I mean, that's kind of how I got my start. And then... Being that I love food so much, I know this is radio. You can't see me, but you know you can tell that I like to eat, right? Um, I, I don't have no, I have no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Anyways, but uh, you know, if, if when you like to eat as much as I do, you like good food. And for me, preparing a meal is sort of is sort of a Zen type thing. It it allows me to shut my mind off and focus on a task, and then enjoy almost have instant gratification for the fruits of my labor exactly see he puts it so poetically and everything <laughs> uh, and i i appreciate you saying that in uh there have probably been two or three other individuals that have been on here and they said the same exact thing so i know that for myself um i feel that mm-hmm. and i understand where you're coming from um and so you know as you put it being at peace or getting that gratification right then and there it's like for me it's it's mind calming cutting up vegetables you know um 
trimming chicken or whatever whatever the case is and i you know i find myself do you have like a habit or something that you find yourself doing while you're in the kitchen i know i i hum and i start to sing and everything but that comes from my parents (laughs) right i i definitely do um you know if i'm preparing dinner for myself i typically just like it quiet and i kind of just like to zone out and focus on what i'm doing okay if i'm putting together like hosting a party or putting together something where i have a bunch of people coming over Mm. i put the tunes on i turn it up as loud as it goes I'm dancing around the kitchen. You know, I'm moving and shaking while I'm chopping vegetables up. You know, I just have to get into that mode and get everything done. Understood. Not, yep. Hey, I'm not knocking you for it. Yep. All of us have our different yep. uh, things we do. And you know what? If you want to eat my food, you can't complain about my dance moves. So. Uh- <laughs> that's that's my uh, that's my defense. Yeah, that and <laughs> is most likely what you have to be prepared to sure. hear when you come into his home. <laughs> sure, sure, it's true. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All of us are appreciative of that, so don't worry about that. Um, you, we recently had, or you recently invited us to uh, your wife's birthday, mm-hmm. um, celebrating your wife's birthday. Yep. You had. I'm just going to say a, a charcuterie sure. table sure. of things prepared. And yep. uh, there were two spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, can you describe, uh, I think it was the one with, uh, was it olives? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I, ha- I had some some appetizer kind of type things. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, an actual charcuterie board. Yep. Um, and side note about charcuterie that I just want to preface. This is the asterisk to this statement. <laughs> charcuterie is something that you can turn into this the ultimate expression of just elitism and you know high society and sort of this overdone type of elitist this thing. is not this type of show uh, i can't i can't do it and none nope. of my cooking is like that um but charcuterie can also be something that that really does accomplish that goal of, of just sort of a rustic finger food type sampling um of some complementary flavors that you know multi-regional flavors so anyways I'll talk about that in a second. Please. First off, those appetizers. Yes. Um, I've been making, it's it's olive tapenade that you're referencing. And yep. I use Kalamata olives, a Greek olive for it. Those are delicious. Uh, super good. And, and it, it cracks me up because I've been making this that tapenade for, I don't know, a long time. Pretty much as long as I've been entertaining people. And it is quite literally five ingredients. It's the easiest thing to do. All you need is a food processor and a knife. That's it. And every time I make it, everyone always tells me, oh, this is so good. It's the best thing. And I just laugh because it's so easy. And it's literally just (laughs) olives, capers, garlic, parsley, and lemon juice. That's it. Salt, pepper to taste, obviously. But that's it. Put it in the blender. Toast up some bread. You're good to go. See. And it's always gone within 15 minutes. Yes. Put it out. (laughs) Yes. He's not lying about that. That's for Mm. sure. Um, You mentioned something a moment ago, and I'm going to be talking about it you know, later on in another segment of the show uh, about old old world, uh, I guess, you know, old like world, flavors. Yeah, flavors mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Because I'm going to give just kind of like a very generalized uh, explanation. Sure. But you mentioned that, you know, your, yep. your family is more Italian and, and yep. so forth. Yep. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So so in my mind, an old world type of recipe is something that doesn't have any, any pretense, doesn't try to be something it's not, um, you know, doesn't cross into that realm of, of being sort of, you know, this, this hermetically sealed, perfectly clean plate of artwork. Rather, the, gotcha. art, the artwork and the expression comes in the flavor and sort of the feeling that you get from that meal. So an old world recipe would, would be something that uses um, 
you know, uh, fatty meats is rustic. We're talking stews, um, baked dishes, something that you would find on the dinner table for someone at, you know, five o'clock in a normal house somewhere in some neighborhood. Okay. Um, you know, not this, you know, gastro pub type food chemistry type of dish, you know, something that something that soothes your soul and just makes you feel good. That's good. That's what I call you it. You sound like, I mean, I'm going to say this in the, in the best way because you know what I mean. You sound like a chef, a person oh that God. is just like has a restaurant <laughs> and is just <laughs> I can't do it. saying stuff. I, you know, I am an amateur just, at best. But yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, an amateur at best, but I pay attention. I think. Yes. And that's the important thing, because uh, I keep going back to, you know, going, you know, being invited to um, some of your functions and so forth and the types of foods and how it's being prepared. For me, mm-hmm. I, I even talk about. Even though this show is about being unpretentious and not having any type of, you know, conceited way about food and everything, I've always been a person about uh, presentation. Sure. Um, you know, I used to work in, you know, being a chocolatier in Caesar's Palace. So it was like presentation for me was it needed yep. to be everything. Absolutely. So when I go to someone's home like yours or to any other friends and I notice the way that the food is prepared a certain type of way, it makes me appreciate not only the the person that cooked it but most importantly to the food mm-hmm. so you know do you have a certain way uh, each time that you are uh, providing a meal do you have certain ways that you actually do that that presentation sure uh I, yeah absolutely um i think a lot of it has to do with the dish you put something in mm-hmm. uh the color of that dish definitely makes a big difference if you have you know a food that is red and right you put it in a red bowl you're not doing a whole lot for that no. food put it in a green bowl uh, now we're talking color. exactly right? when you're uh, talking about that charcuterie board if yep. you just put it on a plate it looks like cold cuts on a plate yes you put it on a thick butcher block cutting board now it's charcuterie right? <laughs> not cold cuts on a plate exactly so a, a lot of it has to do with that um I, i'd love to say that i pay a, a lot of attention to to detail when it comes to to presenting the food or or, or um plating it okay. but in reality i do it like my mom did and I've just put the food out in such a way where it makes sense. Okay. And I think that that makes the difference. I, I, again, I don't want guests to feel like they're at a restaurant. They can go to a restaurant and get that experience. When they come over, I want to feel like Family. they're at Brad's house, yes, right? exactly. And that's, that's the thing. So, I mean, there's little things you can do to, to, to sort of spruce it up. But I think just you got to just go with the flow and just let your personality do it. Um, set things up how you want to have them set up. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what's a a favorite meal for you to prepare? Yeah. We were talking about this ahead of time, folks. So don't don't worry. You know how I am about food. So we can talk about food for quite a while. So uh, please, whatever, like I said, whatever (laughs) you go into is fine. So, yep. Well, there's, you know, I definitely uh, sort of, uh, sort of blow with the wind when it comes to my food preferences. Okay. Um, It's sort of the flavor of the month or flavor of every other month for me. Um, I have a few key recipes that I just love to make, and I typically just make them all the time. Um, the first recipe that I did I just make no matter the season is my mom's linguine and clam sauce recipe. Oh, see, uh, wow. yeah, and you know people hear clam sauce and they're like, uh, no, 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 that. no. For but, me, yeah, for me, what what's not to like? You got the, <laughs> that flavorful clam. You've got the heavy cream in the sauce. I exactly. Mean, come on. Um, 
so I mean, that's number one. And of course I love making those, uh, some of the flavors that I uh, had at home uh, growing up in Los Angeles, you know, getting some of those Cali Mex street taco type flavors. I try to replicate that at home. I'm not always successful, but I've got a few like uh, Tinga de Pollo or carne asada that I can definitely throw yes. down with. That's for sure. And I mean, who doesn't like, you know, grilled meat that's marinated in spices and fresh pico? I mean, there's, how do you beat that? Exactly. That's just perfect. But you said something just now. I did not know that you were in Los Angeles. How long were you in Los Angeles I was, for? I was born and raised there. What? I, yeah, I was, I was born and raised in the Valley. <laughs> I grew up, I grew Dude, up 40 miles east of Los Angeles we're in both Rancho. from Los Angeles. I feel like we knew that about each other. No. Really? We, no. I don't figure. think we did. Yeah, I grew up in a place called Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, you know? God. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I Amazing. grew up out there, man. And, you know, and as a reason, I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting here, or when I first met you and I came over to your house and we yeah. having food and everything, I was like, he's cooking like he's from Mexico. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to just say this. He's a white boy. Oh, boy. And uh, he's true. cooking like. <laughs> He's cooking like he's been in Mexico or something like that. I'm like, where exactly are you? And maybe I'd never asked that question. So I'm sorry if I seem overly surprised. You came over for that barbecue in the summer when I had carne asada. Yes, exactly. I'm like, okay, well, dang. See, that explains quite a bit. Quite a bit. Anyway. um, Recipes. Yes, please. (laughs) So I I, I wanted to kind of slowly transition into that and get an idea of what type of, you know, maybe like. Uh, two or three recipes or something like that that you sure. are interested in exp- oh yeah I'll know. definitely share um, well let's talk about that linguine and clam sauce I think because that's that's something that is just so incredibly simple yeah and you can you can throw that together uh, you know for two people for under ten dollars from the store uh, you know it's, it's something that's just really cheap it's it's linguine pasta it's a little bit of heavy cream for the sauce a little bit of clam juice, which you can get in a bottle at the store, and a can of uh, either diced or chopped or minced clams, however you find it. You can always add more in there. I mean, I've made it with, you know, chopped oysters. I've made it with shrimp before. I've done sort of like a hybrid fruity damari where I've got mussels and clams in there as well. It's, you can, you know, make it your own. But uh, in reality, you just boil some pasta. You start a saucepan, throw in the clam sauce, the heavy cream, Parmesan cheese, salt, pepper. Let it simmer, thicken up. Add the clams in, pour it over the pasta, eat. 15 minutes and you're good to go. He's making this sound so easy it's, and simple. It is, though. And that's me. That's my personality, though, is I'm definitely a minimum effort, maximum reward type no, person. No, I, <laughs> so, I get you. I get you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and, and that's like that's what I love about pasta dishes is that once you get that sort of that baseline – Sauce down, yeah. whether it's sort of a cream sauce or just a, like a anything sauce. creation wise, yep. is your sky's the limit. The almost. world opens up for exactly. You. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you got more. I do. Jeez. I do. Let's talk about that tinga de pollo. That's yeah. That's another that's one. The that one. I that is um, the one. And that's all about flavor too. Like that's just a flavor profile that you're shooting for, right? It's that the chicken is sort of almost secondary. In exactly. My Whereas the flavor uh, right. and the spices and so forth and everything are, are right. one that is like right. here's the dish, yep. you know, more than anything. Yep. A little bit of cumin. It's the adobo, okay. the chipotle peppers that makes that dish. That's I that love, main flavor. Yeah. I could drink adobo sauce out of a glass. I really could. That <laughs> smoky. I mean, yep. whether it is, you know, if you're using the chipotle adobo sauce mm-hmm. or if you're just using the chipotle spice itself, I like yep. to put that in my chili. I, you know, I, yep. at one point I used to, you know, 
with my roommate, mm-hmm. um, do mole. Have yep. you done mole before? I've never made mole. Oh, um, I'm kind of scared of mole. I'm I am lie. too. <laughs> I really, but you know, the process, it, it, it's a lot. It's, it's very extensive. Sure. I mean, and the different ingredients and so forth that are with it. But I'm sorry, I we right. steered away from your. It's, you know, which, it's please a tangent continue. Saturday. It happens. <laughs> um, but and I'll go on my own tangent here because I was talking before about that sort of that rustic type old world food. Mm-hmm. Slow cooked food that cooks on low heat for a long time meets it just makes that flavor it just makes that feel of that dish that is different than something that's fried off in a pan real quickly and plated with some vegetables stacked on top right you know um that tinga de pollo sits in a, in a crock pot or, or simmers on the stove for six hours eight wow. hours every single flavor you put in there is going to marry and meld together and just uh just infuse everything in that pot and and so if i were to give any advice for cooking those types of recipes cook them slow and don't rush it because that's that key you want that to get in all portions of the meat correct you know and yeah i i totally understand what you're saying on that yep for sure so with with the tinga it's really just um it's adobo to chipotle peppers and adobo and you can either you can buy the the canned chipotle peppers and adobo sauce which tastes great and there's no shame in using stuff from a can mm. i'm unapologetic when it comes to using uh, canned hey, vegetables so. i'm there too yeah um if you want to buy whole chipotle peppers that aren't smoked you can roast them in your oven on high heat for maybe five ten minutes till they get kind of crispy black or crispy brown earthy earthy and flavor. just man when it's real like yep. real when it's uh, like organic like yep. that doing it is just yep. it's perfect it yeah, for me, it heightens any type of yep. uh, meal or Absolutely. flavor. Yep. And then for me, I sort of I like to use what I call the Mexican mirepoix or the the, the holy trinity, trinity as it is, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is cilantro, red onion, and tomatoes. Yep. That flavor into the pot is just gonna. I mean, any type of dish if you're going for that sort of that Tex-Mex, that Cali-Mex, that Southwest flavor, or even that's that uh, you know Northern Mexico flavor. Right. That's what you want to use is that that Mexican Holy Trinity, cilantro, red onion, and tomato. And that's it. And then you put chicken in there and let it slow cook, shred it, put it back in, serve. Done. (laughs) It's that that simple. Once again, (laughs) the simple simple recipes of Brad Baker. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I know. And it's funny because sometimes I try to write the recipes down and then when I try and actually – you know, say, okay, if I were to give this to someone to make it for me and I wanted it to taste right. Now I've got like a six page recipe because of all these things. Why? You got to cook and you got to get a feel for it. That's really it. You have to get a feel for it. You can't be afraid. No, that's true. You can't be afraid. And I think finding out too, when, when cooking, um, and you do have for, uh, for myself, I will have a recipe and I will use it. Uh, but I like to throw in something else. I like to, you know, I just use that as a foundation or as a baseline and then go from there. I know that, okay, this doesn't, I want to add mushrooms or nope, I want to add this type of spice in it or something like that. And for me, I try to make it my own. I still give credit to the person, you know, the recipe and everything like that, but I'm like, I'm going to add this additional spice up in there. Maybe I'll add some heat to it or whatnot. That's what I like to do. It sounds like when you have a recipe that you... Yeah, you kind of do the same I, thing. <laughs> I um, I am my own worst critic, which is a blessing and a curse because when I cook something for myself, I love to experiment. But if it tastes bad, I'm it, never going to make it again. Exactly. Right? So I don't necessarily experiment with my guests. Sometimes I take risks, and I'll never tell. But um, for the most part, I learned how to do this because I made it for myself. 
made it in a way that tasted awful and didn't do it again. Oh, okay. Right? And it just got better. Um, although I don't think I've ever messed up the Tinga de Pollo, but I'll just... I'll, I'll toot my own horn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the carne asada is a great example. Okay. Um, when I was learning how to just to get the marinade right, mm-hmm. um, I remember as a as a as a kid or as a teenager being able to go down to the local carniceria mm-hmm. and get a bag, a plastic bag, yep. full of thinly sliced cecina um, or, yep. or something like that, or arrachera, and marinated in some kind of marinade, and they've got the whole green onions in there, and sometimes a couple just sliced jalapenos in there Mm -hmm. and cilantro and they would just sit in a bag and then you would take it out of the bag and grill it off and it would just be this perfect flavor um replicating that is hard i was gonna ask (laughs) have you tried to do that yourself (laughs) i I have i have and i've gotten it close but you know i think that that's sort of the joy of doing this stuff um cooking this kind of food that you maybe can't find anywhere is that it'll taste good and you'll enjoy it but it'll never reach that point of how you remember it. Exactly. So you have something to keep chasing after, but then when you do go home, it's all that all that much sweeter. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's all that much sweeter. There's a place called Alberto's back home. You know Alberto's? Of course you know I Alberto's. do. Of course, you <laughs> of course I um, do. They're carne asada burritos, man. Uh, I cannot get enough of them. I will eat myself sick on those burritos, but I, I that's what I shoot for. And it's just a tortilla with carne asada in it, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of pico, and a little very, bit of Yeah, very Yeah, they always did it very simply, and, you know, people flocked to it's this place always busy 24 yes. hours a day there were some nights in college that's what i was gonna about to say <laughs> as well you know i'm telling you you could go there any time of the day and one there will be some type of line yep some type of line yep gosh dude i swear i i cause <laughs> we got i did connection. not know oh, i did man, not know connection we can yeah talk, we, we can talk about la food we, we, we can yep. um yeah see that yep. might we might not do that on this show right now because <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I hear you. Um, okay, so I I skipped over a topic because I wanted to kind of leave it to the last mm-hmm. uh, Super Bowl menu. Oh boy. Uh huh. Well, my team's not in it this year, so what? Why should I entertain? <laughs> really? Come on I now. Know, I'm just teasing. Really? <laughs> my team won it last year. Go Broncos. My team won it last year, so I'm okay with that. But um, I, I know there's no way that Super Bowl is going to come and you not have some type of something menu. <laughs> you do know me. Yes. Um, I've already started to put it together in my head. I've been a little bit lazy, but um, uh, uh, see, I'm not now when I ask a question, it's not so much that I'm trying to t- find out <laughs> what is on the menu. I'm just sure. trying to say, hey, you, I know you got something going on. Yep. Can you confirm that? <laughs> I, I can. Um I will be making food for the Super Bowl, whether that's at my house or somewhere else. Okay. To be determined. Um, if you're interested in coming, you'll always have an invite. Mm. I mean, you've always got to have the unbougie foodie at your oh events. Lord. Come on now. <laughs> uh, no, I'll be making I'll be making some of the stuff I usually make every year that I really like for football season. You know, like a, a chili cheese dip. Okay. Um, that I used to have as a kid from a restaurant uh, where I grew up. Um, really super good. Again, really easy. Um. I love to try and do a little something um, on the Super Bowl that I don't necessarily get to eat all year round. Okay. Uh, like, you know, crab legs or something like that. You know, it's sort of a celebratory type food. Uh, although they're expensive this year. They, they didn't, the price never really came down. Where like are you going to get year. your, like, what I, were you I usually go to Coastal Seafoods. Okay. I was, was going to say, yeah. Yeah. That's like a number yeah. one in the city, yeah. I think. Buy local, everyone. Buy local. Buy local. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I'll do that, and I'll have some kind of seafood, and then um, I think this year I'm going to make my uh, my rustic tomato soup. Okay. Um, 
I have some tomatoes uh, frozen left over from my garden this year. I was going to add just about to ask you yep. about that. So we'll, I'll ask you in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. So I got some, I got some tomatoes I want to use um, for that soup. And I usually do like, uh, I'll get like a baguette and I'll put some like uh, some uh, prosciutto or some Parmesan in there. Or I'll put like uh, some bacon and some Gruyere and a slice of tomato to kind of get that, uh, you know, gourmet grilled cheese type right. flavor to dunk in the soup. Right. Something like that. Really fun. And I, and I mean, I love tomato soup and I love sandwiches and I love dipping my sandwiches in soup. Who doesn't? So I'll do something like that. You know, finger foods type type stuff. Told you he got a plan. <laughs> He always got a plan. I was ever playing. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I know that I have not had the opportunity to post things. I, I'm very particular when I go over to a, a friend's house or you know, when they invite me over. I, I'm particular about that. I, I don't know why that is. Maybe I need to get out of it. But I, I love, you know, how I love taking pictures of, of food in places sure. that I've gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Just know that about me and that in the future that when I come over, there will be posts of your pictures or <laughs> Photography something. Photography is always welcome. Okay, man. good. I, I, I'm happy with it. <laughs> and none of, none of my recipes are secret either. Um, I will share pretty much anything I cook with anyone um, with one exception. That's my chili that I make. There are some secret ingredients in there that I won't share. Okay. But uh, See, you know, okay. But right. that's just because I might have people out there listening that want to beat me in my uh, company's chili cook-off next month. And, uh I know who you are. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get that secret. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm not even. I might have to. We might have to kind of like collaborate. Talk off the or air. So, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> off the air because yeah. I know that um, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I must say that my chili, I, yeah, um, was a hit at work. <laughs> well, you know, in the in the words of, of my younger self, come at me, bro. Let's do this. <laughs> See. Threats. I'm just it's not a competition. Threats. It's not. It's a <sighs> competition. Uh, but I mean, how good is chili? That's another one of well, those things. You cook it slow, you cook it for a long time, the flavor is perfect. It's just I love it. Maybe I should do that for the Super Bowl. Hmm. Chili. Interesting. Maybe I should. Mm. I don't know. You might have <laughs> Might have some competition. Yeah, maybe. Just I, I'm just saying. I, I welcome. I'm it. not saying. You know, this means more chili for me. So mine might be gone. Oh boy. So see now it's getting real. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's getting real. now we're about to square off. Mm-hmm, that's uh, right. You know. Hey, I already told you a few of my tricks. All right. And anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for you know again for being here. I, I know it, you have much more input and everything because. Um, there's going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about Jefe Urban Hacienda mm-hmm. in, a, in a few minutes, but, um, you know, that's right up both of our alleys. I mean, right. it's Mexican street food and, right. and, and everything. I'm like, yep. okay. And even more so now that you know about Alberto's and his cooking style here of uh, everything Mexican, it mm-hmm. seems. <laughs> it's, my fla- it's my flavor of the month. Exactly. It really is. <laughs> It it's gonna it's you I'm quite sure I'm looking forward to any type of comments and everything that you're gonna have on it. Yeah. So, um, my next topic I wanted to talk about, and I as always I always kind of keep my my guests I keep them sequestered <laughs> for an hour. So you know he he I want to hear his opinions on certain things too. So have you or have you ever been interested in snout to tail or? You know, cooking. I mean, do you understand what that is? Yep. I, I know that you do, yep. but um, rooter to the tutor. Yeah, like yeah to say. exactly. <laughs> um, 
a good example, and I think we talked about this um, off, you know, before the show started. Handsome Hog. Handsome mm-hmm. Hog is one that, for me, it's in St. Paul, and um, I know I keep going back to them, but literally, they are a restaurant. The chef, the owners, are concentrating specifically on snout to tail, mm-hmm. and I bring that up because. Uh, along with Handsome Hog, there is um, Surly Brewing Company, uh, The Rabbit Hole, Strip Club, and Tuli Bee. I've never been to Tuli Bee. Do you? I have not. Either. Okay. No. Uh, so, uh, you know, there are three. Well, well, there's four on there that I haven't yep. been to. And that's embarrassing, but that's only because Sorry. I know. Handsome Hog, though. Yeah, they. that's I'm just gonna say that's my my spot. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things, but I have not been. Oh dang, dude! I, I think you would like it. Um, they have a really great menu, and I'm I'm just concentrating at the moment at, on the handsome hog. The others are just as great. Um, I know that Jorge Guzman from Surly Brewing Company. He was at um, well, Ramen Attack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on a yearly. It's a yearly. Uh, if you would event that's put on by Zenbox uh, Ramen, yep. um, and it's for children. They always put do the uh, donations for children's cancer research. Sure. So it's something I feel you know I want to participate in and, and go to to provide support. But that was the first time I was introduced to Jorge Guzman um, from Surly, from Surly um, Brewing Company. I don't know what he did or put in this ramen or the ingredients it was just people were literally lined up and it was a thing to talk about so the following year after that is when they had this event and it's called i heard it as the prince of pork okay you know but it's really called and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so please forgive me. I'm not French. I have not <laughs> taken French. Oh, you'll be all right. So, Cachon 555. Um, Cachon 555, it's in Minneapolis. Well, it's a 14-city tour, if you would. Uh, and it's a competition. So, uh, Minneapolis is going to be hosting theirs uh, February 19th. Um, it will be at Lowe's uh, Hotel. But just to give you a little bit of uh, information behind it, um, Cachon, it's French for pig, if you would, um, and it was created back in 2018, uh, and it is more so, again, as I was mentioning, snout-to-tail competition, and the competition it fo- focuses mainly on providing um, support to local family members or family farmers, uh, but also to um, uh, educate chefs as well as diners on the use of agriculture and local uh, livestock if you would um, and that was my point uh, to you about utilizing old world livestock mm-hmm. and old world uh, referring to the different countries like Africa, Europe and Asia the types of meats that were more familiar with European cultures and so I was like okay well he has that relationship with you know your mm-hmm. background of Italian cooking and so yep. forth so that you know really helped mm-hmm. There was, again, doing some research, it's called the Colombian Exchange. Um, and I'm not trying to give a history, a food history uh, <laughs> here. But again, the research helped me understand where, you know, that old world to the new world, uh, the relationship 
um, came from. Um, and so those different varieties of meats and so forth were introduced to the New World. New Worlds being North Central and South Americas, all the Americas themselves. Sure. Um, but the actual event, uh, it they're servicing mom and pops, farm to table, um, barbecue, um, any restaurant that is interested or has some type of uh, skills and so forth that would like to enter, um, they have you know, an opportunity for them to participate. So the chefs that I've, well, the companies, I said, restaurants that I've mentioned before, uh, each one of them have a chef that will be leading a team. Um, I already mentioned Jorge Guzman for Surly Brewing Company, uh, Thomas Kim from the Rabbit Hole, and you, um, I think you mentioned or... Probably. Yeah, from uh, Midtown Global Market. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then J.D. Uh, Fransky, uh, he's from the strip club. How was the strip club? Um, phenomenal. It was very good. It was very good. I haven't gotten over there because I'm sorry. Well, I don't want to give is, you any spoilers. Yeah, well, it's not a matter of spoilers. <laughs> it's like you can say it. That's why I have you on the show so that you I, can have your own opinion and true. say. It's true. I, I have an affinity for restaurants that source their ingredients locally. Right. Um, your food will taste better. When you have ingredients that come from the area that you're in, okay, uh, I, I truly believe that. Um, the biggest step I took in my cooking was starting to to stop or stopping buying ingredients from chain grocery stores. Not that there's anything wrong with chain grocery stores, okay. but the meat that you buy at the grocery store, you may save a dollar a pound, but the age of the meat is different than where you would get it locally. The animal may have come from somewhere 2,000 miles away. away. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, shout out to Big Steer Meats on the east side. That's where I go to get my meats. Um, Is it a good place? I love Big Steer. Dang. A friend of mine from college works there, um, and he always takes care of me when I go in there. I've been getting my meat from them pretty much exclusively for the last two years. Okay. It makes all the difference. Um, I also have a local carniceria, Marisas on Nicolette, which is near where I live. Um, that's uh, Supermercado on, on Nicolette and 27th. That's, I know. I've seen it. Be, I yeah. passed it by. Okay. Um, and I do know that they get a lot of their meat from local sources as well. And, and um, so I go in there a lot to get some of those cuts of meat that are hard to find at, at American butcher shops um, like Arachera, Cecina, things like that. Right. Uh, but anyways, local vegetables, too, whether it comes from your own garden, uh, a local farmer. Minnesota is so we're, we're food rich, I like to say, because we have Took the words so, out of my mouth. Right. We have so many uh, we have so much agriculture in our state and we have so many people that really care about sourcing things locally and responsibly raising uh, plants, animals um, for food. Right. And farm to table is a huge thing here. Exactly. I, I can't talk about that enough. So restaurants that do that, I, I just, their food tastes better. And that's why, in my opinion, the ingredients that you start with are going to make a better, better product and it will always taste better. Same. So those chefs, I, I'd love what those chefs are doing because it's, that's what sort of spills into homes and really makes change exactly people get that at a restaurant they want that experience at home i will gladly pay an extra dollar a pound for meat to make my food taste that much more better exactly i i agree with you on that wholeheartedly and i only ask about the strip club because um 
as you know, the Ambuji Foodie and shows here at WEQI are on a volunteer basis. <laughs> so, right. you know, no paid I, endorsements. I, no, no, exactly. No paid endorsements or anything here. So it's like, you know, we do things on, you know, we, we do it because we love to do it. It's a passion that we have here at the radio station. And I've talked about this in the past, but I know for myself, um, I do have to make sure that. The unbougie foodie stays unbougie. <laughs> uh, well, locally sourced restaurants that serve rustic food like that, I don't think anyone will call you bougie anytime no, soon. <laughs> no, no, no. And, you know, it's on the east side. That's, you know, that's the thing, you know, and, you know, we're kind of doing our utmost to concentrate on uh, restaurants, foods um, on the east side, you know, that's within your community. So, yeah, I do. I say this every time about a new restaurant or uh, not a new restaurant, but a restaurant that I have not gone to before strip club has been there. And I just thought, Oh gosh, I I'm never going to have opportunity to go. I'm just going to be real about this folks. I'm never going to have the money to go. No, I will (laughs) save the money if you have to. And sometimes you, you know, treat yourself, treat yourself. And it doesn't have to be something very extensive and, you know, outlandish and over the top, but just, you know, go there and say, hey, I'd like to have a glass of wine uh, and, you know, hey, a good steak or some seafood or something like that. So it's that's worth it. That's all I'm really looking for anyway. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to go there and I'm going to have an eight course meal. Like, uh, I'll be broke. Yeah, I'll be broke. <laughs> I'll be broke. Think about what that does for your mood, though. Yeah, you have a good meal. Uh, well, exactly. You know? But see, it doesn't, for me, it does not take a whole lot of plates. It takes one plate. And maybe conversation, but really one plate. And not yep. to say that, that that's what I'm particularly judging that restaurant off of, or I'm not even judging. I don't like that word. Um, trying to enjoy or have an, a food experience just off of that one plate. But, you know, sometimes you have to make sure that you stay in line that sure. your wallet allows. <laughs> sure. Totally hear you. Um, the, I, there were two other... Uh, uh, Restaurants and chefs that I wanted to make mention regarding the Kashon, which is uh, Gray Nonas from uh, Tolly B, and then Justin Sutherland, Chef Justin, yeah, handsome hog, <laughs> yeah, up. I know, really big shout out. Um, I think they, they, they kind of know me, sort of, because I'm like a stalker. Are you really? <laughs> I, I am. I'm const- I'm either there. I'm taking other people there. I'm talking about them on the show. Right. They're going to be like, this dude, he's wacko. They're going to put you on the payroll before uh, too long. No, well, <laughs> no, hey, you know. <laughs> then that might change into something else. Anyway. Right, right. right. Uh, so just know that the Kashan is going to be taking place. Kashan 555 uh, Minneapolis 2017 is going to be taking place here in our city. I just said that. Um, but... <laughs> It it really is going to be a place where the chefs are going to be able to demonstrate all of their culinary skills um, because they want to have the opportunity to call themselves, well, in this case, the Prince of Pork. Um, you know, on the website, it does say Princess or Prince of Pork. That's cool. We don't judge. It's no, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> But I, I keep forgetting in this case that it is it's you know it's fourteen different cities and so forth. So Minneapolis is just one place. Sure, you know here they could go to another city and it might be a female uh, chef that is mm-hmm. you know handling business and chopping up the men, you know, and really putting good. it to them and everything. So either way, princess or prince of pork, uh, 
uh, whoever you shall be, we will be watching out for you. Kashon 555 Minneapolis uh, 2017. That's February 19th. If you go to uh, their website, you can certainly uh, purchase tickets. Uh, there's a variety of different, you know, either VIP or super VIP, <laughs> which, yeah. Um, that's the dream, right? Yeah, that is, that's more like uh, I'm in heaven, uh, total heaven. Yep. Okay, the last thing, or the, not the last thing, but, you know, this is... I, I I went there yesterday, and I I kid you not, I really was just in the neighborhood because I was going to be going to a play at the Guthrie, and so I was thinking, okay, well, dang, I need to eat something before you know I, the rest of the day, you know, it finished out, and I ended up at Hefe uh, Urban Hacienda, and I don't know why that's. Sound this come so difficult for me to pronounce or whatever, but you say it. Say what? The Jefe Urban Hacienda? Oh, really? <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. You put me on the Urban. spot there. <laughs> right. Jefe, Jefe Urban Hacienda. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are located at 219 Main Street Southeast. Um, that's Minneapolis. Uh, they are open Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. Um, I got there at 4.05. It just so happened that I didn't even know what time they opened. I just said, someplace got to be open by 4 o'clock. So, you know, there were other restaurants that were there. I think there's Vicks. There's Tugs. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really feeling for a burger yeah. or for Vicks. I don't know if you've ever been to those. I, I've been to every restaurant that's on St. Anthony, Maine. Uh, when I used to live downtown, I used to walk across Stone Arch and, and hang out down there. Uh, that was my haunt in college. Um that sounded really pretentious, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's go with it. Uh, so <laughs> I, I actually, I'm I'm not sure. I, I have not been here. Which restaurant did it, which space did it move into? You know, I do not know. Because uh, I, I, I don't live over, I mean, I uh, go visit over there and everything. There, yeah. um, so it just so happened that, again, I was in the area, but I don't really know what. Sure. Other restaurant was there. Well, I'm I'm glad that they're keeping restaurants moving in there. I know I know Prochna used to be there, and it had shut down and was going to reopen again. And I'm not sure what happened with that. What type of place was that? Prochna was a uh, oh boy, I don't want to sound too mean, but it was sort of a pretentious hipster bar mm-hmm. that served that served some traditional American food, some sort of Eastern European food. Okay, um, but it was more of a drink spot than it was a restaurant, in my opinion. Okay, I know there was a lot of events there, but I didn't know Prochna too well. I I was more um, spent time at uh, Astor Cafe and things like that. So Astor's still yeah. there. So, but I, I'm glad Hefe took over in this space because, as we were talking about, you know, Brad was mentioning before about just that Mexican street food and the flavors and the different types of meats and so forth um it you really have to go there to really experience this place because um i tell you the different foods that they have available well the different types of of meats and so forth and the way that they're doing the preparation um gosh happy hour you know you you could get tacos for three dollars, and they're mm-hmm. good size. You know how sometimes you know, st- small street tacos mm-hmm. can be smaller, but they still have that p- flavor and everything. Sure. These are good size, still have the flavor. There's nothing that they cut down on it at all. 
Um, that's just one example. But then they have like tostadas and salsa, you know, a salsa tree for three dollars. Uh, another, I say, yeah. value, if you would, going to a restaurant, even if it is for just a happy hour, just to sit with friends, maybe have, you know, a cocktail if you'd like, which right. I did. Um, no, no shame. Yeah, none. But, you know, I just got to throw it out there and let them know. Uh, I have pictures that I'm going to share, um, which, I, you know, surprisingly, I didn't do that last night. I don't know what happened with my head, but I will make sure that they are available uh, if you'd like to see those different foods or the items that I had partaked. Um, please make sure that you're visiting the Ambuji Foodie uh, on Facebook. Um, I will also make those available on Instagram. Uh, and you'll also be able to see them on Twitter too as well. So uh, Instagram is the underscore Unbougie Foodie. Twitter is uh, at Unbougie Foodie. Um, please feel free to follow along on any social media. Uh, please leave in any type of questions or comments. Uh, I love to hear from you. The show itself is for you. You know, my experiences and everything I share with you because I want you to have an opportunity to uh, find out about new places that are in the area. Um, but again, as I mentioned, it's for you. So if you have any places that you would like to suggest, please feel free to get in contact and share those because. You know, you might have an opportunity like Brad here <laughs> and being a host or a guest host and uh, sharing some of those other experiences or places that you've gone to. Um, but getting back to Jefe Urban Hacienda, um, I had the gosh, I, I, I talk about oxtail. Have you had oxtail before? I have. Okay. Yep. Did you like it? I love it. Okay. So. I, I love, you know, awful in general. And I love, um, I mean, I, I'm one of those, I don't know if you would call me weird, but I love then non-traditional style of meats well, exactly. you know, and organs and things like well, that. The, exactly. Also, I've got chitlins. Duh. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, whispered. Don't, yeah. I, uh, no comment. <laughs> um, I had oxtail. Well, one of the tacos, number of the tacos that they have there, one of them is oxtail. And I tell you, I've gone to other restaurants that are serving oxtail. I've never had an oxtail taco before. So when I saw it on there, I'm going down the list and I'm like, what? Oxtail taco? Yeah, sorry. I'm Mm -hmm. in. That was the first thing that I ordered. Uh, And you could probably see that on the video that I shared live yesterday on (laughs) the um, Bougie Foodie page. But this oxtail taco is oxtail, and you're going to correct me. I know you are. because No, no, no. I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that, no. Um, tajita. Or Coti- cojita. Cotija. See? Yeah. It's like a, uh, it's like a saltier Parmesan C. cheese. Exactly. As a Parmesan cheese flavor, it's a little more salty. Cotija. Cotija. Uh, and then it had radish. Rajas. Rajas. Which is poblo- I know my Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a certain degree. Uh, and then, of course, cilantro. Uh, have you made rajas before? Um, I have made rajas before. I like to do. I make rajas when I do a, um, uh, a barbacoa, like okay. a, a beef shoulder or or a beef roast that I cook in adobo. Shocking uh-huh. um, type type of thing. I, I like that cream. I usually use some of the juice from the meat in and there in, with the yep. cream and the roasted poblanos. It's it's make really it creamier good. and everything and more I, smooth. And I use that Salvadoran crema, which is a little little saltier than just regular sour cream, mm-hmm. a little less tart. 
Um, it's just a milder flavor. I, I I don't necessarily need a bunch of tartness when I have the the pe- hot peppers the flavors in there and everything. That. Yeah. Uh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, the next is well, carnitas. Again, I, for me, it's always a staple. I I figure that if it is a place that is really serving true Mexican food, yep. you know, carnitas is like a staple. It's the benchmark. Uh, if it, carnitas should be something that any any Mexican restaurant that really truly serves good authentic food can do really well. See, I'm it's, glad you said that yeah. rather than me because right. I think I've probably said it maybe in not such a fantastic way. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. I mean, really, I think of it that I'm going to a, a, any Mexican restaurant or establishment. And the first thing I'm having is a carnitas. And that, for me, is going to set the rest of the tone for whatever food that I'm going to or whatever other meats that I'm going to have from that restaurant. I agree 100%. And, 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 yeah, and I don't think it's being snobbish about that. It was just... Not at all. I know that... the Kind of know the process on doing carnitas. And if it's, you know, if it's too dry or if it's, you know, too crispy too, too or something like that. Too soggy is my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. I hate just soupy carnitas. No. I, I don't understand it. No, no, no. Uh, that kind of might set the... That would set the tone for me. And I'm like, okay, I've had this. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I yeah. don't want anything else. Yeah. But, no, I... This was one that I will have again and again and definitely have oxtail again. Um, The last one that um, I was also with two other friends, but they all had, and I had an opportunity to taste it. It was Ropa Vieja. uh, And that was flank steak. Did I say that right? You did. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Flank steak uh, braised with onions, olives, capers, peppers, and uh, radish, radish and uh, cilantro. Um, Someone in my group had two orders of those. I don't blame them uh, because it. But I tasted it. it, You know what? The flavors of all of those. I you know again the olives and the capers right there. That there's that extra saltiness, sour. uh, The mixture that they use it it really brought out the meat. Uh, The meat was tender. And I would really love to know, like you said, um, you know how long they probably cooked it. It probably was over a period of five, six hours or more, or something like that. Probably marinated for a long time and then and then quickly braised. You think? Yes, yeah. Because uh, it was it was amazingly good. It really was. And uh, I'm not a connoisseur on Mexican food, but I think my taste because I've had it for, you know so many years and living in los angeles Mm -hmm. you could speak on that Mm (laughs) um yeah it's i I can't speak highly of of those three there are so many different other items that are on that menu as well they even have a a brunch menu um as well so you have that opportunity to go to uh you know to brunch uh, i'm looking at eggs benedict (laughs) i like the one that they have gringo breakfast it's (laughs) Two eggs, however you like, hash browns with toast and a choice of bacon or avocado. So there are so many different other items on there. What I was surprised at yesterday, which I had also, and mentioned this, this was kind of like, you know, being in Los Angeles and the the fruit trucks yep. where, where they're having the... Uh, 
uh, the chili powder and mm-hmm. salt and everything in the little plastic bag, or whatever. I mean, you see them with fresh fruit, mangoes, oranges, papaya, you know, yeah, just un- oranges, oh my gosh. Yep. And you uh, they you go up to them and ask them. I mean, they ask you, what did you like? Uh, and they start to cut them up and everything. And man, yep. it just I'm beyond words. That's a I favorite could... of my wife. Every time we go to Marisa's, they usually sell it by the counter. Oh. She loves that chili uh, chili lime flavor. Yes. Trader Joe's actually sells that spice right uh that you you can buy it i think it's online uh you might find it in stores but you can just sprinkle that on your fruit oh, it's the same flavor it's really it's, good it's bomb y'all yeah. mm-hmm. i mean we live over in a you know we're in the east side and everything i'm quite there are so many different um latin and mexican restaurants that are over here that you know offer different versions of that but i gotta admit that i was surprised that i've never seen it on a, on, on menu. A menu yeah that's so that's surprising it, and although it was you know it was just it was uh, watermelon, honeydew, pineapple, uh, jicama, and what was the last one? Oh gosh, I don't Prob- remember. Probably mango. I would no, think. it wasn't mango. Oh, guava was, or no? Dang it, I forgot. Oh, uh, it was two me- the two different types of melons. Well, three different cantaloupe. types of cantaloupe. That's where there you go. Sure. I'm sorry. Uh, and with lime and the yeah, I ate that like. Yep. It was dessert. And that truly is that truly is street food. I, I'm surprised to hear that it's there because that's really what it is. And on my Facebook page, I'm sorry, I keep referring back to it because <laughs> I was like, who has this on their menu? Like, right. I don't know anybody uh-uh. in you know any restaurant yeah, here you, that has it on the menu. You so. can find it on the weekends on Payne or, or Arcade uh, uh, or, you know, with the at the Elote stand or something right. like that. But, but not at an actual restaurant. Yeah, so I yeah. was like, but it's called uh, Fruta con Limon. Uh, so if you if you like fruit and you like that spicy and all the different flavors and the tropical flavors and everything that blend, you will love this. Just so you know, just so you know. Oh my gosh! Wow, look at the time. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I, I kind of want to go there for lunch now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm up. Anyway, um, I gosh, I really want to thank you so much for being here. You have really brought a lot of punch to my show so thank you so much i'm really glad to be here thanks for having me this, yeah. was, this was great um next week this week i i should have started at the beginning at the top of the hour and told apologize i know that we said that we were going to talk about Fakao, the Lao pop-up and i was going to have another guest um shannon tui next week we will have shannon tui and i'll also have a special guest to join myself and shannon to talk more about that uh, but you know, as we come to the you know the end of the show, again, I want to thank Brad for being here and you know providing you know insight on other things and so forth. Anytime, have me back soon. Uh, yeah, you better know that you're going to be coming back. <laughs> Perfect. Got to know that you got to be coming back. Um, thank you all so much for joining us uh, once again on the Unbuji Foodie for a Saturday morning. Uh, tune in till next week again we're going to be talking about and trust me we will be talking about Fakao because we have a lot to talk about there's a lot of flavors and a lot of different uh, gosh items from just that sitting um, I'm still excited and that happened last week and I was supposed to be talking about it this week but yeah trust me uh, you will enjoy the my guests that are going to be here that will be talking a you know about that a whole lot more so 
make sure that you're tuning in to WEQY 104.7, the voice of the East Side, every Saturday at 10 a.m. to listen to my show. And as I end, as always, let me remind you and encourage you, never let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be, because really, it is all about the food.